this is an idea I had, and I, I'm thinking this is sort of what everyone's thinking, and they're just not talking about it. But I think that um, proof of work has a lot better, has a lot more advantages than proof of stake if you're going to create a token, or if you're thinking about, you know, moving your proof of work token to proof of stake. You know, I guess Ethereum comes to mind. But um, a lot of Bitcoiners, they really just like Bitcoin and they want to hold Bitcoin. But one of the reasons that uh, you would want to mine is not for the Bitcoin itself. It's to be able to trade electricity as a commodity. Uh, and it's super interesting, the history of how, you know, California was the first one to introduce this new grid structure, they call it deregulated. And um, they basically treat energy or electricity on the grid as a commodity. And for traders, that's good. And I do think electricity is a commodity. Uh, but for the end user, like a retail person just wants power, I think it should be treated as a service. Because, you know, as a homeowner, I'm not trading electricity. I just want the lights to be on, you know, when they're supposed to be on. But, but, um, but of course, that's you know they measure how much you use, right, to power your house, and that's just a function of how much, I guess, electricity you use, and that's basically like a commodity. But um, the reason to mine Bitcoin now, I think, is uh, just to trade energy. I don't even care about the Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is a means to an end. <laughs> um, so because the grid, uh, ERCOT grid is deregulated and the ERCOT grid has this agenda to green, <laughs> which I fundamentally disagree with that. Uh, well, for reasons that I don't think it's good for residents of Texas because it's going to create volatile conditions because renewables on the grid, um, they're, they're not reliable sources of power. Um, they also get massive tax subsidies from the government. So there's all these different things that work um, sort of counterintuitive to this idea that this um, Texas grid is, is actually deregulated. In my, in my opinion, it's not really. Um, you look at the, if, if you look at how it's structured, the market rules, um, the trading rules, it's sort of this weird auction system. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's um, maybe deregulated just in that sense. Uh, but um, so the proof of work tokens, they have all these people that might come into Bitcoin who just want to flip energy. And to, to, um, to, to get a partnership with ERCOT into something called like a demand response or load generation, large load generation, a source or whatever, flexible load, um, you have to basically be a huge buyer of power. I mean, you have to have a certain amount of power that you're buying. And these Bitcoin miners consume a lot of power. And so they now uh, are big players and they can act as um, uh, they can basically act as someone who is in the market one day and then not the other day. So they can lower demand on the grid. So 
because the grid now can't really control um, the amount of power that's going to the grid uh, because it's a variable because the renewables are taking a larger chunk of the grid um, and the market and the deregulation structure of this grid. Uh, now they want to control the demand. And so the larger you are in the market for power, the more um, impact you're going to have. Uh, so uh, they're going to basically pay these people to turn off, give them really good pricing on electricity, and basically allow, allow them to um, lock in long-term rates that are low and then uh, <laughs> flip, the, flip this energy uh, to uh, when, when prices spike and when maybe there's a weather event and these renewables can't keep up. So there's all this demand and there's certain people that like the power can't go out. The city will pay these rates. Um, and so somebody is going to buy your power. Uh, and it's, it's super interesting just because, um, you know, in the Texas weather event, they shut down a lot of people. Like a lot of people were in blackout. Um, they didn't get paid to shut off. And uh, I think it's because, well, they just didn't have the energy. The energy couldn't be produced. Um, so, so they just went offline. Or these, these, these utilities didn't want to pay these prices, so they just shut off their customers. Um, now, that's probably okay because you're not, like, as a consumer, you're not paying, like, upfront for power. Uh, if you were, you might have been shut off, but at least you probably, you might have been able to flip your contract. I'm not even sure. Or maybe they just would have defaulted. Um, I think a lot of people just defaulted. A lot of utilities just defaulted. But if you can lock in a, a long-term rate and then just flip this power and someone has to pay it, uh, you can profit enormously. So if you just were a miner of Bitcoin, and you were just, you know, you, you locked in your power contract the whole year or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. And then you waited for a weather event. You just waited for this like tail risk event, uh, to blow up because it inevitably will. We'll have another, uh, a crisis. You know, the renewables won't be able to keep up. Uh, there'll be all this demand and the price will spike. So when the price spikes, this, this highly volatile thing called electricity, when the price spikes, then you sell your power at huge, huge rates. And, you know, all, while you're waiting for this tail of it, what you do is you just make sure that your miners, you know, are, are producing Bitcoin, right? So you're, 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 you're having to buy power from the grid at a very low rate. And then you're, you know, you're mining the Bitcoin. And then you sell the Bitcoin immediately. You're not keeping this on your, on your books. Um, you should sell it. And then you just, you know, if you're profitable, great. But maybe you even take little losses. Like maybe you just take, you just keep mining, keep, take little losses, and you just wait for this huge event that's going to make you whole and make you profitable if you can, in fact, flip these contracts um, at high prices. And then if you, you know, because you bought, you bought power long term. And if you, and if in the market, if the price spikes, you should be able to sell this contract to somebody who hasn't, bought it up front, right? And they're paying a higher price. Um, and in theory, they should have to deliver this. Now, with with things like the weather and renewables, um, in theory, maybe they can't produce. But maybe somebody else 
Um, maybe they have to basically buy power from somebody else that can. It's from a neighboring state, neighboring whatever, or, or, or something. Or maybe they, the, the, the market rules, maybe they just let them default. I'm not sure. But in theory, you can flip this energy uh, contract. And that, I think, is where the real money is going to be made. Um, look, look at how much money, like, Enron made um, trading power. And I, I watched this really cool clip of Josh Crum on Hedgeye, I think, uh, interview uh, four years ago. And he's talking about he's ranking the different commodities and how um, the volatility ties to like their storage costs and their, um, so like electricity had the highest because it's hard to store and it's sort, you sort of have to, you sort of have to create it and then, or generate it and then use it. Um, so this is a thing that we all need and it is hard to store and it's also, and if you are, are generating it in a, in a less predictable fashion with renewables, it's going to be, it's going to increase you know, the volatility of that generation. So, um, so volatility is great for traders. And so, you know, Bitcoin is very volatile. Uh, so it's a sort of a match made in heaven, <laughs> uh, for, to trade energy, I suppose. Maybe, maybe energy is even better because we all know, we all know we need energy, electricity. And we all know that these events are going to keep happening on these grids. And, but what we don't know is whether people are going to need Bitcoin. In the future, nobody really needs Bitcoin, so I think it's a mistake actually for these uh, inner mining companies to hodl the Bitcoin. I think they should just sell it, um, and perhaps you know they they're probably like big hodlers. The, the energy trading is probably maybe secondary for them. Uh, and I'm just speculating. Maybe it's not. Maybe they just want to campaign and say this that they love Bitcoin and this is why they're mining and. You know, Bitcoin's the future. Um, but I actually, I'd like to hear somebody make the argument that it's not really about the Bitcoin. It's about trading energy. Um, that's what it's about. And that's, that's, I think, the profit opportunity. And I don't think it's great for the grid. And I don't like tax subsidies for renewables. But if Bitcoiners are using renewables, these stranded renewables, they say, Bitcoin is saving these stranded renewable projects that, you know, solar farm is just built in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> And because, I guess, tax subsidies, uh, misallocation of resources, but it's just built in the middle of nowhere because they can, and because, I guess, they got tax subsidies, and now Bitcoin miners are coming in and mining this this power pretty cheaply. And maybe that's not connected to the grid, but there's lots of other Bitcoin miners that are connected to the grid that are participating with ERCOT and that are being paid by ERCOT. And I read this article by this guy named Blake something. Very, pretty good article. Uh... So like retweeted by Nick Carter, and he, in it, he said that the Bitcoin miners um, voluntarily turn off. They don't even have to, but they still somehow get paid. Now, maybe they're getting paid a small sum just to sign up for this ERCOD demanded response program, uh, but, but maybe, you know, maybe they're getting more if they actually do turn off. But I, th I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> but, but now they're going to have to submit they're basically going to submit their profitability. And when, when electricity prices are high, sort of ERCOT's going to have to go study each one's curve to see where they expect them to turn off. Um, but, but I guess they don't have to. I don't know why it's a voluntary program. I think it's, I mean, if you're getting paid by ERCOT, probably should be mandatory. Um, 
But this is sort of, this is going to be a disaster in the future because Bitcoin, I mean, it's so speculative. It might go to zero and all of these energy uh, partners now that are coming, coming to partner with ERCOT sort of in this joint venture. Because if you think of mining, it is a joint venture. It's an investment. Uh, so it's like a joint venture between ERCOT and these private Bitcoin miners. Uh, so, so if something goes wrong, I would look into insurance if you were a Bitcoin miner and you have all these like special partnerships with ERCOT. Because you might be sued. I mean, there's a lot of people that would be very upset <laughs> if there's a blackout in the summer and people die and, you know, they're going to be sued and ERCOT may be protected. Uh, but, but if you're, you know, a private miner, you probably won't be. I mean, maybe there's some kind of insurance you can get or some kind of like insurance from ERCOT, but oh man, you, you, you could, you know, be blamed. And, you know, the amount of money that, that these energy, you know, Bitcoin miner, miners or energy traders are going to be making, uh, you know, if that gets out to the public widely, they won't be very happy about that, especially knowing that like, hey, I had to turn off my power for a week and I didn't get paid. So why are these Bitcoin miners um, getting paid. Uh, I don't like the concept of the fact that we're beholden to the weather or that we should be beholden to how much generation of electricity could be produced. Um, I think that's sort of an anti-human way to live. Uh, but this is sort of the direction of our grid. And until you get politicians that will change it, um, and the fact that sort of the momentum is greening and it's highly, highly profitable to be um, you know, a trader in energy, especially if prices are all over the price, uh, volatile, um, is probably going to be taken advantage of. Uh, but I think this actually is good for Bitcoin, the token itself. You know, disregarding my own personal feelings about it, this is, um, you have people that might come and, come and mine Bitcoin. Basically, they're buying Bitcoin, right? Because they're spending electricity and they're, they're buying Bitcoin. Maybe they're selling it, you know, pretty, pretty quick just to, to basically keep, keep, keep their, um, you know, make their profit or whatever, run their business. Maybe they're not hodling it, but you have a buyer in there and you have, you know, you have a lowered cost. Maybe because there's taxpayers incentives to, to use renewables, you're getting basically lower cost energy than you should. And you're also getting perhaps the ESG label. You're also getting in good with ERCOT because you can now become this partner and get paid by them. Um, so there's this, there's this benefit now to, have, to being a proof-of-work token. Uh, you can become an energy trader. You can subsidize your Bitcoin mining just by trading and flipping power. Uh, you can make a windfall when the power is, is spikes crazy high when there's an event. Uh, you can get tax subsidies from renewable mining. Um, you can You can... Try to make the case that you're a benevolent uh, person on the grid who's helping the grid, who's who's helping stabilize the grid, even though it's my opinion that the Bitcoin miners are actually helping solve a problem that they, in fact, um, that, that shouldn't exist. I, I don't think that we should have this this issue where we're we're adding so much renewables that they need help, you know, because they can't. They're not. They're not always reliable. Um, <clears throat> so they're sort of solving a problem that. They probably know that they're exacerbating, uh, but they but they can profit from it, so they don't say anything. Um, there's a lot of hypocrisy here, using taxpayer funds to mine Bitcoin, uh, using tax tax subsidies from renewables is not sort of the thing that, that the Bitcoiners usually um, would go for. But I think I guess money is everything, uh, and yeah, I think there's a lot of advantages now to being a proof of work, 
proof of work token. And I think that if you're going to build a build a crypto, I think that you should launch a proof of work token. Why not? You have advantages. I mean, I guess you'd have to get really big to to be anything like Bitcoin, but and have this much energy demand and and become like a flexible load on the aircraft grid. But I guess you could be, in theory. Um, what do you have? What, what is the advantage of proof of stake? Only thing that you have, I guess, is to satisfy the green people, uh, to satisfy the green agenda. Um, but they could still come after you because they could say, well, you're using hardware, uh, crypt, you know, there's all these other cryptos, Ponzi. It's not, it's not a good investment. Um, and there's all these other attacks like, well, it's just proof of like the rich get richer. And, you know, I think proof of stake, you are, um, I, I think it's, I think proof of stake is obviously like a security because you're investing, you're staking, you're investing um, your token and you're getting a reward. Uh, so in theory, you're putting this, you're putting your stake at risk um, and, and you're getting this reward. So it's not a real investment, like per se, like you're not doing anything really profitable. You're just making more of this token, but you are, uh, but, but you, but regardless of that, you, like just the definition of it, you definitely are investing. You're investing in a common enterprise. And so your, your token, your project looks very much like a security, uh, even more so than like a proof of work token, which to be fair, I think they're kind of all securities in a way, but, um, but it looks more, it, it looks worse, at least to the regulators. And also, you kind of have to start proof of work. If you're going to launch a token, you got to start proof of work. How you gonna, how you, like, I guess there's been a lot of tokens that have started proof of stake, but they look more like securities. Like, how did this thing get created? Um, and I'm not one that thinks that just mining tokens creates the coin. I think this is artificial. This is just, you're doing some work and you're, you're, you're artificially tying it to the creation of this new coin. It, it's not tied at all, except just in your mind, there's just, just this kind of false association, this fake association. Um, but it's not real. It's not really associated with it, with mining. It's just a human thing that you put together. 